Hey everybody, welcome to this Ocean Life podcast, episode number 45. I'm your host, Josh Peterson. Today's episode is brought to us by our great friends at Coletka Undersea, an ocean lifestyle company. Born from thousands of hours spent roaming in and under the sea, family-owned company. Check them out at coletka.com. Now, in today's episode, we speak with Randy Bogardis, a man of the ocean who leverages his 50 years of wave riding in his design and development of wooden surfboards and paddleboards. Now, Randy takes us through his youth on the rugged Oregon coast, on to years of surfing and sailing the world in pursuit of his passion for riding waves. We hear of Randy's first wooden craft project as a kid, building a sailboat with his family, and moving on to building and sailing his own boat, and ultimately building wooden surfboards and paddleboard kits as part of his Clearwood Paddleboards company. Randy tells us some great perspective on riding different wave craft to stay healthy and in the water for over 50 years, something that all of us can be inspired by. A lot of good stuff here from Randy. Appreciate you all being here. And also, hit me up. Send me an email, josh at thisoceanlife.tv. I'd love to hear feedback on the podcast. If you have ideas for guests, if you yourself would like to come on and share your stories about being in the ocean, or if you have a Grom in your house, as you know, we have the new Stoked Grom stories. Love to get them on as well. So thanks to everybody. Thanks to Randy. And now let's get into the ocean life of Randy Bogardis. Randy, welcome to the podcast today. I'm really, really, really stoked to have you, man. Hey, thanks a lot for inviting me on this ocean life, Josh. It's really uh, great to come on and share what I do. Yeah. yeah, really excited to hear about it. You know, I was I basically, as I always kind of mention on these, I'm always on Instagram and social media looking at pictures and finding what I think are, you know, people doing super neat stuff. And what caught me, what caught my eye about your Instagram and what you're up to that led to today is you had a basically a wood wood board and we'll get into that's you know your, your business is with clear wood um you know power sure. boards and, and w- a wood board but you had a foil on it and foiling is oh, of yeah. course you know <laughs> the next kind of technological in theory revolution something that i'm kind of fascinated yeah. semi-obsessed by but i hadn't seen a foil on a wooden board and so uh, yeah. yeah so so here we are now so f- so first if you would start us off randy and tell us you know, what you're doing with your wood boards with, you know, clear wood boards today and uh, tie that into the foil as well, if you would. Sure. Yeah. Well, you know, the wood boards, uh, you know, historically have been part of the mix going back, you know, for most of us that pay attention to surfing and paddling history. I mean, it really kind of all started with wood watercraft. Yeah. And uh, so I, uh, in probably the mid uh 2000, you know, like around 2007, eight, when there were a lot more um, stand-ups around, I got interested in stand-up because I had, after, you know, 50-plus years of surfing and paddling and yep. swimming, you know, I pretty much worn out my shoulders. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I just, I looked at stand-up and thought, well, you know, that might be a good option for staying in the game as an older paddler and so um you know initially it was never really intended to be a business proposition i just thought you know it'd be cool to make a board out of wood and i'd never done that but i've always been a builder you know i've always really built my own stuff you know from my house to uh years ago a cruising sailboat that i that i built and uh so i thought you know i'm just gonna have a go at building a building a stand-up so i got involved in 
kind of what was going on with the uh, whole wooden wooden surfboard scene yeah. and the wooden, you know, there were a few wooden paddle boards around at the time mm-hmm. and uh, kind of just launched into, a, uh, you know, I guess you'd call it a prototype, but it was really just something that I thought I wanted to ride, which was just kind of a big stretched out longboard. Yeah. And uh, yeah, and it worked. It was really, <laughs> you, you know, I, I'm not really... Um, purely a shaper uh although you know i've really got a well-trained eye from a lot of years of working in uh kind of kind of high-end architectural building projects and that sort of thing got it and yeah and you know been around surf craft from you know kind of the early mid 60s 62 i think i bought my first surfboard and so you know i've always had a a, an eye kind of directed toward watercraft i mean watercraft Mm. i mean my brothers and i and my dad built a little sailboat you know in our garage you know way back in the day yeah yeah it's just so so basically i looked at i looked at stand-ups and thought hey i you know i'm gonna build one of those so i i built one for uh you know for the surf zone Mm -hmm. and then uh kind of got interested in flat water as well so um Took a took a shot at designing and building a more of a flat water board, and uh, took it out and paddled that quite a bit, and decided to do some some like local recreational races. Yeah, and, cool. uh, You know, did pretty well. Had fun, and people were really stoked to see a, a wood board that actually performed. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah. I mean, it was. <laughs> you know, I mean, it was. It was there was definitely a novelty factor, but you know when old guy wood board like does well, <laughs> yeah, people take notice. Like, what is this? <laughs> That's and cool. So you know, I'd show up at these these wreck races. You know, some up in Portland and on Hood River, and you know, some here locally in the Rogue Valley, and you know. People were just kind of climbing all over the high-end carbon fiberboards. What was yeah. up with the wood one? Right. And um, so, you know, I've always been, like I said, I've always been a, a builder, designer. Um, and when um, there was a lot of interest in these, mm-hmm. uh, in the in the you know the wood boards in general, uh, you know, people started asking me, "Hey, you know, get that?" And I said, "Well, I built it," you know, and they you know how did you do that and what was the process and so there were just a lot of questions and um you know and i thought well you know maybe i'll take a look at at seeing if i can turn some other people on to the process and so kind of one thing led to another and pretty soon i ended up uh with some some designs that I'd created, and I had a local guy with a CNC router start cutting parts out for oh, me. Oh, that's cool. And yeah, it was. And uh, you know, so got got people going on the process, and then you know, it just kind of morphed into you know more people were interested, and you know, and then you know the CNC router that I'd been using via kind of a friend of mine that had a business uh, where he cut parts out for people, you know, all kinds of other stuff, not surf related. He sold his business and kind of left me going, wow, hmm, people want these things. 
uh, you know, the boards work well, uh, but I don't have a, I don't have a, you know, I had a wood shop, but I didn't have a CNC router to cut the parts out. So basically I jumped in full steam and bought a router and, um, learned how to use it and learned how to use all the, all the, uh, software that goes with it. And, um, you know, and just kind of launched off into this business, kind of a, you know, kind of a part-time thing, but a fun, you know, a fun process that, uh, you know, really is way more than a novelty for some of us. Yep, um, right. I think for some people it's, it is a novelty, you know, it's like, well, you know, if it's not the lightest thing and if it's not, you know, carbon fiber, it couldn't be any good. Yep. Um, and that's just so not true. Yeah. Um, yeah. So early on, Randy, what were you seeing? So when people saw your board, they were just kind of tripping and thinking that's so cool. Did they, were they more interested in having one of those wood boards for themselves or or maybe it's an and, or were they interested in like building one themselves, you know, from scratch? Like what was the interest that you saw mostly from folks? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good question. Uh, you know, there, there's a real distinct, uh, sort of, uh, line between people that, you know, they, they appreciate them. And they, they really dig seeing them out on a race course yeah. or in the lineup, but there's just no way. They don't have the skills. They don't have the time. Sure. Uh, you know, a lot of people that, uh, that paddle, and particularly in the, in the surf zone, um, you know, it's, I mean, older, there's a lot of older folks out in the lineup for sure these days. But yep. there's, you know, primarily it's younger guys. Yep. And uh, younger guys with families and and budding careers that they need to pay attention to just right. don't have, don't have the time. time to spend out <laughs> yeah, the woods. I, I can relate. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure you can. Uh, so, you know, there's really two distinct groups. You know, there's the group that thought, hey, this is really cool, man. It's really cool that you built that and you're out here and that you do well with it. Uh, but man, I'd never build one of those things. This is way too much time. Yeah. And, uh, so, uh, and then there's the, uh, and then there's another group of people that are kind of coming from just maybe more of a hands-on background, uh, and they just want to take on the challenge. Yeah. Um, you know, and they can be any age. Right. And then there's, you know, there's another group of guys and women agree, that are a little bit older and have more time on their hands. And they're maybe building a, a paddle board for a grandkid or a, or a child. Or, uh, you know, they just yeah, want right. to have it around the house of Blake or on the estuary. So, you know, it's really coming from, from two different places yep. Uh, yep. in t- terms of people's interest. Got yeah. it. And so now with today with, you know, where you've taken this with Clearwater Paddle Boards is you don't actually make boards for people yourself. You create the, the kits, the framed kits and the plans. Exactly. Yeah. And sell yeah. those to folks. Got it. So it's a DIY yeah. kind of market you it sell is. to. Got it. Now, will yep. you also do something custom for somebody who said, Hey, I really want this type of board. Like, do you ever do custom builds yourself for people? Yeah, I do. Uh, you know, basically, my interest in this process is, uh, you know, it's it's multifaceted, really. Uh, you know, I want I want it to pay for itself. You know, in other words, yeah. I don't want to I don't want it to cost me money to do this. Right. So, you know, I have to price the product in such a way that it covers my expenses. But mm-hmm. but really, you know, the bigger picture for me includes just 
turning people on to the process and really spending whatever amount of time it takes with them to get them comfortable with the process and to get them to the point where they feel confident enough to actually take on the, the project. Yeah. Um, you know, there are a lot of people that have, you know, they have woodworking skills some basic skills and they have some space, you know, and they have a little bit of time, but they just don't have the confidence to take on a, you know, a dimensional object that doesn't have square corners. Basically. Yeah, for sure. For sure. You know? Yeah. And so what I try to do is I try to take some of the mystery out of it. Got it. Um, you know, I've got, uh, you know, we've created some YouTube clips and some basically some video tutorials that kind of, you know, they get people led into the process. I mean, it can be, you know, the process and, and the outcome can be visually fairly simple. Or you can put a ton of effort into just kind of what you want your deck design to look like. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, I mean, you can really take it out to pretty extreme places in terms of, um, uh, you know, just different woods that you might use or different designs, basically from the standpoint of just the the geometrics of the design work yeah, some real it. flowing yep. some real simple uh, i think it's um oh his name escapes me uh surfboards hawaii i think it's dick brewer okay yeah um yep. he does wood stuff yeah, too they right built, yeah they yeah. do and and it's basically all wall hangers you yeah, know i mean right. people are buying you know they're buying dick brewer's name and they're buying some awesome work You're right uh but, you know, they're super expensive. You know, they're probably, I don't know, you know, I don't know what a board like that would cost. But, you know, it's got to be just, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Yeah. And even in the simplest form, these boards take a ton of time. And that's yeah. what, you know, that's what really, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of people that really appreciate them and appreciate the boards and would like to have one just go, you know, I just don't. I I can't put yeah. 250, 300 hours into something, man. I just don't have the time. I know. <laughs> I look at the kits, and I have a good friend of mine. He bought a boat kit, like a, a kind of a legendary East Coast. Um, you know, it's like a sixteen, maybe seventeen foot, um, you know, fishing boat kit, and built it. And I watched him do this for yep. you know sixteen yep. months, and it was amazing. But as I was watching him, I was kind of putting myself in his shoes, realizing I'd be so freaked out that I would mess something up and I wouldn't realize yeah. I messed yeah. it up until yeah. like five more steps down the line. Yeah. And then you'll go oh, after the, <laughs> and after the, the fiberglass yeah. is set or whatever else, you know? And so, but with your kits and I was looking at the, the plans, you know, it just looks, you've really laid it out what I think, and I haven't done one. I would, I'd love to, of course, like probably everybody says that in a pretty relatively like compact and step-by-step -step manner with your tutorials, the kit itself. Uh, it just looks yeah. like you've really thought through it yeah. quite a bit. Yeah. 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 I, I have, I've, I've tried to approach it from the standpoint of, you know, what would I, how, what would I need if I really didn't know anything about the process? Yeah. And, uh, you know, th that being said, there's always more that can be done. You know, I mean, some people that I work with have just a few questions and it's really simple to address them. Yep. Uh, some people have a more, um, 
you know, they just need more comprehensive, detailed information and they need, basically, they just need to have their hand hold, held a little bit more. Sure. And I'm yep. totally, you know, it's like I tell people, you know, I never, you know, it's like how much ever time you need from me, uh, you know, if I'm not paddling or don't have a tool running or I'm not asleep, I pretty yep. much pick up and talk. So, <laughs> yeah, that's cool. You know, and that's a big part of the fun, you know, yeah. for me. I mean, I've had some just amazing things happen as a result of getting involved in this whole cool. process of these these boards. But to address, you know, back to your original question of, uh, you know, foils and, and wooden foil boards yeah, and how yeah. all that came together. Yeah, yeah you know. I guess, as I mentioned, you know, I've just always built my own stuff. You know, mm. it's just like, uh, I've just, that's the, I, I mean, I built a couple of houses for myself and my wife and, and, you know, and built a, uh, built a, took a bare fiberglass, uh, cruising sailboat, you know, this was you know, back in the mid seventies. Yeah. So I've just always, you know, it's always really appealed to me. So, um, you know, there's, there's this magic, you know, you, you build this thing and you spend all this, this time and energy on this thing. And then you take it out and you just do amazing fun things with it. And yeah. it's just, there's just nothing hmm. that gets me going more than that. Yeah. So, so last year, uh, we were on Kauai and, um, you know, and I was, you know, I didn't really have, have much of an agenda, but I just, you know, I'd never been to Kauai. And, and so, you know, I was just checking it out and I paddled out, um, I paddled out at, in Hanalei Bay, out um, out in the middle of the bay. There, there's this there's this reef where a lot of long borders. And yeah. The, the uh, foil foil guys and gals were were you know they were out there riding, and so yeah. I just paddled out there. I paddled out there on a you know it was just kind of a I guess just a big old resort board. You know, I was just out there checking it out and yeah. looking around and and saw uh, Laird Hamilton out there just ripping yeah. up these crappy little nothing ways. Right, right. And I thought, wow, that is, you know, and, and he was out there, I mean, every day there was swell. He was out there with a, you know, a small little pack of others. And, uh, and it just looked like so much fun. And I, you know, I knew about foils. Um, you know, I always paid attention to sailing and sailboats knew what was going on with the America's Cup boats and just generally on the water. Yeah. I mean, people were putting foils on. So, yeah. uh, you know, when I got back from Hawaii, I just thought, you know, I'm not going to get off this planet without having a go at that. And uh, <laughs> so little did I know. I mean, I kind of knew what I was getting into because <laughs> I'd had some other friends uh, say, well, you know, really good if you've got the time to devote to it yeah um, that's right it is really a blast but it's a you know it's a tough thing to learn to yeah, do i mean it's just learning so, curve. yeah yeah really <laughs> steep learning curve um you know i've been i've gotten up on it behind a boat and you know and i kind of got it working there pretty good but you know going out into the surf zone is a whole nother yeah deal very um, different it is. Yeah. I mean, the boards don't paddle real well, first off. Right. So that's that's the first challenge. Yeah. Uh, you know, second challenge is that, you know, they just don't respond the way a surfboard responds. I mean, they're just kind of unto themselves. Yeah, it's true. Uh, <laughs> you know, it's more like, 
you know, it's more like uh, it's more like flying than it is surfing in a yeah, way. Yeah, you know, it's true. Uh, the way I characterize it to folks is it's like it's kind of surfing. It's kind of snowboarding on a really wide open like field of yep. powder. It's kind yep. of like skateboarding, carving a bowl, but it's but it then really it's its own thing into itself as well. It, it is, you know. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. It is. So you know the wood boards um, that I make. I you know typically. When I use uh, the materials that I use to build one of these boards, they're you know roughly about the same weight as a foam and fiberglass production board. Hmm, wow! So they're not heavy, yeah. um, and you know weight with foils like with you know most most any board. I mean weight's weight's a critical issue, but yeah. with foils they tend to be a little more. You know, I mean the less board you have down there, the better off you are. Right. And, uh, but I thought, you know, I mean, if you can do a foil board with foam and glass, you know, I can probably do it with, with the woods that I use and the techniques that I use to build to keep them light. And, you know, and that pretty much proved to be the case. Um, but as I say, I've been out, you know, I mean, I've this last summer, um, before the smoke rolled in kind of killed our summer, you know, I was just starting to get it dialed and then, uh, (laughs) Yeah. And then, uh, you know, but finding the right, you know, finding the right conditions, um, yeah. to really get used to a foil. I mean, that's not every break for sure. No, you know, it's certainly not. not, uh, you know, it's not a nasty beach break and, yeah. you know, and it's not a point break with a bunch of other riders out there. So, you know, that's, that's a bit of a challenge. It really um, is. And I've felt, you know, if you learn that the hard way, usually like I've been out and the times I've gotten absolutely like just beat up by the foil was when I went out and it was just too much energy in the water. Now these were like four foot waves, yeah. but they're a little, they weren't like yeah. super steep, but it was just one of these spots where there's just a little more energy to it. And, you know, yep. <laughs> when you just try to jump up on the thing after paddling in and it just hucks you off and then chase, and then yep. it, somehow it chases you down and tries to run you over. You know? <laughs> and so you basically, it's after you. <laughs> oh, it's after you, man. You got to have so much respect for that thing and cover your head and duck and everything. Really and so do. now it's like, you look for like the slowest waves with a little bit of white yeah. water that you know will push you enough to stand up on that thing. Just to be able to get up. That's yeah. right. And then, you know, the thing, the foil takes over itself. It's it's so, yeah. you know, we've had this conversation with other folks on the podcast and a bunch of friends here in Santa Cruz who have, you know, adopted it wholeheartedly. And the one thing yeah. that I really like yeah. about it and other folks, I think, uh, you know, chime in on this too is, you see waves so much more differently than before. When you're surfing, you're looking at waves that you can imagine yourself that pushing you fast enough or enabling you to get a tube or do a turn or whatever that is. You don't even really acknowledge those little crumbly, junky, maybe wind blown things. You don't even, they're not on your radar, but with the foil, those are almost, those are, I think in many times, the ones you're really seeking out that nobody that's, else even right. looks at, yeah. you know, it's really, yeah. it's interesting. <laughs> yeah. 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 No, that, that was, that was one of the things that really got my attention with foils was the fact that, you know, people were riding waves that you would otherwise just, you know, you wouldn't even get out of your car, you exactly. know, you just yeah. drive by and that's keep going. Right. <laughs> and, you know, we've got, um, you know, I, I, my primary break is out in Crescent City. And, 
you know, summer surf in Crescent City um, is pitiful. I right. mean, there's just not much happening. What you describe it. Yeah. I mean, not much happening. Uh, you know, we're kind of in the shadow of, uh, uh, you know, a couple of points that stick right. out between here and, you know, SoCal or yeah. even down your way in Santa Cruz, you know, they just, you know, it doesn't get around Cape Mendocino. Yep. And, um, you know, so we're kind of in the South Swell shadow. So we just really don't get much uh, South Swell activity in the summer. So, you know, I, that was, you know, my objective with the foil is to be able to utilize some of those mushy, crumbly yeah. waves that, you know, on a, if you're riding a regular surfboard or a surf stand up, I mean, you just wouldn't even, you yeah. wouldn't even look twice, yeah. really. <laughs> so true. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So that, to me, that that was the, you know, kind of the epiphany with, uh, you know, with seeing what was going on with foils in, in Hawaii. Yep. And, you know, what was really interesting there, um, well, I guess, you know, what I f- find interesting just in general uh, about, the numbers of different kinds of surf craft in a lot of the different lineups that I've mm-hmm. looked at yeah. and been out in. Yep. Um, you know, it's it, like, for example, in Hawaii, they've just been totally embraced in Hawaii. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I mean, you see them in, you know, you see everything in a, a lot, not, a, not every lineup, but a lot of lineups that are appropriate. I mean, you see longboard, you see guys out there and gals out there going for it in shortboards, you see foils, and everybody's getting along fine. Yeah. Um, And I know that is not the case uh, everywhere. No, it's (laughs) very true. It's very, very true. And I I recognize that here in Santa Cruz, too, where I've grown up. And, you know, and and I'm not critiquing one way or the other. I'm just sort of stating objectively that still, for the most part, like SUP surfers are not really welcomed in most breaks, you know? And yep, those days, right. you know, and, and I don't, I can't say that's right or wrong. It's to me, it's like, let's all have some fun and foils the same way. People are kind of giving you dirty looks and, but I realized that yep. in Hawaii, it's different, man. It's more, it's way more accepted that just be out there. If you're on a boogie board or a surf mat or right, n- yep. everybody's pretty much, as long as you know what you're doing and being respectful, they're totally right. okay with what you're riding, but other places yeah. not so much, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah, unfortunately. So, I mean, I'm I'm pretty, you know, I, I've, I mean, I've ridden everything, Josh. Really, I, you know, I like I said, I started out. I think I bought my first my first surfboard off the pier in Santa Cruz in like 1962, maybe. Oh, nice. When you know, when you know, you paddle out to the lane and be like, Oh shit, it's really crowded. There's freaking 15 people out yeah. there, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and, uh, you know, and that, so that's where it started, uh, you know, and going all the way through, through, yeah. you know, early long boards to short boards to, you know, to mats, to boogie boards, right to, on. you know, I even spent some time in a, in a surf kayak for a while. And, yeah. And, uh, you know, and then back to longboards and then, you know, now stand ups and into foils, you know, I That's pretty cool. much have having a go, had a go at everything. That's awesome. Man. You know, in some places are, are, yeah, it, it is. I mean, it gives you perspective, um, you know, and it's, you know, whether you're out there on a wood stand up or a glass stand up, you know, you still get stink eye in some lineups. It doesn't matter what, yep. you know, yep. what the thing's made out yep, of. Yep. True. But, uh, 
you know, the wood products tend to be, you know, people are a little more curious, right? Um, right. <laughs> you know, and it's, yeah, it's definitely, there's a, you know, for a lot of people, there's that novelty factor, but, you know, I really appreciate the fact that, uh, in some lineups these days, uh, you know, there's a little more acceptance yeah. for a lot of different kinds of craft and, you know, as you say, it's, you know, as long as you're safe, uh, and you know what you're doing and, you know, you don't, um, try to take over the lineup yeah. with whatever you're on. Yeah. Um, you should be good. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So Randy, let's, uh, one of the things also about, you know, you have a really nice bio on your website and we'll put some links uh, in the show notes to, um, sure, know, to, thanks. to your business yeah. and everything. But one of the yep. new things too is, and you meant you touched on it and I'd like to, to drill in a little bit is you, not only did you like, it sounds like one of your original kind of wood projects back in the day with your family was you built a sailboat. Um, but then you also, yeah. as you mentioned, you kind of refinished or revitalized a fiberglass boat and you took that and had some adventures in Tahiti yeah. and I mean, yeah. in South Pacific and stuff. So, so talk about that if you would, I know you had some pretty sure, interesting yeah. times, you know, when yeah. was that and, and talk yeah. about the boat and everything. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, you know, the whole business of building watercraft really started with, uh, you know, with my dad and my brothers and I, and I think, you know, it was really my dad kind of looking for something to do with his boys. And yeah. so we lived at the time we lived in, um, Sonoma County and, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time out on the coast and this was, you know, this was way before surfing really came into the mix. Um, but we'd always been interested in sailing. We kind of were raised on and off the coast up, up here in Oregon and then moved to California. And, uh, so it probably would have been really maybe the very, very late fifties. Um, yeah, cool. might've been right in there, 60, 61, just prior to my interest in surfing. Uh, my dad and my brothers and I built a little 14 foot sailboat that we, uh, would take out to Tamales Bay and Vadega Bay. And oh, cool. There was a, yeah, there's a little local lake in Santa Rosa where we lived. And, uh, you know, and so we became, you know, we became really avid sailors. Uh, you know, my brothers and I would, you know, my parents would take us out on Saturday morning out to Tamales Bay with all of our camping gear and, and our little 14 foot sailboat. And we'd sail across the bay and set up camp and camp out for the weekend. Oh, and, that's awesome. And then our parents would come, yeah, would come pick us up on late on Sunday afternoon and we'd just run wild out there. Wow. And, um, so that, that kind of started it. And then when, um, when surfing came into the mix, uh, you know, it just kind of all tied together, you know, the whole ocean thing and, yeah. and, you know, sailing and surfing, you know, just like, it was all I could think about. And, uh, so, you know, time passes, you know, you get a little older, you know, I spent, uh, I was in the service and, and spent, spent some time in Vietnam. And when I got back from Vietnam, uh, about the only thing I could think of that really made any sense was basically building a sailboat and loading up some, some surf gear and just yeah. getting the hell out of here. Yeah. <laughs> you <know? laughs> and, uh, you know, it took me a few years to figure out how I was going to do that. But, uh, you know, eventually, uh, one of my buddies and I, we bought, um, bare fiberglass brand new hulls right out of the mold Whoa, 32 wow. feet long yeah and um 
you know, and at the time I was, I, you know, I built some stuff, but I was really just learning how to build at that time. You know, I was really just getting my proficiency as a carpenter up to the point where I could take on some different kinds of challenges. And so anyway, we spent, uh, you know, these uh, two bare fiberglass shells showed up at uh, our property where we lived in Sonoma County, this old farm and uh you know we had no clue how we were going to build these things so we just <laughs> started looking into how to do this and how to do that and how to laminate beams and how to you know what do you do first and you know eventually we met a uh older guy that had you know he'd built boats before and he kind of knew what was what was up and he gave us a little bit of uh mentoring i guess you might say and and a couple of years later, I launched mine. Wow. And, uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, basically I, you know, borrowed some money from friends. And, you know, we, we literally tore down old chicken coops to get the old dry, clear rafters out. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. I mean, it was really, <laughs> I mean, just a bunch of broke hippies just doing yeah. it on the cheap. And, that is so cool. Uh, but basically, yeah, it was. It was really a, it was another really interesting uh, experience of building something and then being able to take it out and use it. So what what ended up happening was, um, you know, basically uh, put the boat in the water, lived aboard out, out in Tomales Bay for I guess a year or so, and then um, you know the following year we uh, some friends and I loaded up some gear and took off for Mexico in early November Wow! and uh, surfed our way kind of down Baja uh, and then on to mainland. Didn't get too far south, Got got really got as far as uh, the area around Puerto Vallarta and out around Yalapa and, and out in there and, and just had a blast. Um, you know, kind of surfed our way back up the coast. Um, Jeez. Now, Randy, know, when was this? Is this like early 70s, mid 70s? Yeah, this would have been, uh, that first trip was in 1975. Wow, that must have been incredible just and, seeing that whole coastline. There's probably like so few people in the water. <laughs> you know, there was basically, once you got south of Ensenada, there yeah. was just nobody there. Yeah, wow. Um, you know, Scorpion Bay, uh, nobody there. Jeez, I mean, it's it just, incredible. yeah, it, it was pretty awesome. I mean, we didn't know, we, we honestly, we didn't know where we were going. We just, you know, we had a chart and we could figure out, you know, just based on experience, kind of what looked like it should work. Yep. Um, you, you know, and we scored some good ones and we, you know, just wrote out some rough anchorages. Yeah, too. I sure, mean, it, you know, sure, you, you kind of never know. It was a surf trip. Yeah. <laughs> so that was uh that was the did that basically did that two years in a row and then at the same time i was you know just kind of when i was finishing up my boat uh one of my younger brothers he was doing the same thing and he had bought a basically a kind of a kit boat a bigger one he had more money than i did he Mm -hmm. had a better job (laughs) (laughs) i mean does it pay well to do surf trips in 1975 down the coast with your buddies (laughs) right yeah no pay off the surf (laughs) that's right (laughs) but uh yeah no i think i left uh i think i left i mean you know the whole idea of how you know relative value of money uh you know, I think I took off on that first 
300 bucks in my pocket or something. Oh, it was just man. Ridiculous That's cool. To get away with. <laughs> I mean, it was just, yeah, I mean, everything, relatively speaking, was, right. was fairly inexpensive. Yep. But, uh, but yeah, so I basically uh, did a couple of trips and was kind of living on and off the boat um, out in Tomales Bay and then up the Petaluma River in Petaluma yeah. in Sonoma County. And, uh, you know, kind of, you know, basically I was just kind of living aboard and living with, live, lived with a girlfriend for a while. And then, uh, my brother, uh, he launched his boat and he had bigger plans. He, he was on his way around the world. He and his wife wanted to go around the world on their cool. boat. And, um, he invited me along kind of for the first leg. So that boat, uh, the one that we went, um, that we crossed Pacific on was, I didn't do that on my boat. I did that on my brother's boat. Yep. He was definitely more, uh, more inclined for, you know, to, to really, you know, I mean, I did it on the cheap. I mean, I, I re- really, I just wanted to go and I right. didn't care if I ha- had a radio. I didn't care, <laughs> you know, the dinghy just kind of sort of worked, right. you know, and it was, but, uh, you know, when you cross the Pacific uh, and you're taking off, like from here or yeah. from, say, SoCal to the first uh, landfall would be the Marquesas. And yep. that's about, you know, it's about 30 days. Right. So uh, you really got to have your act together. Um, you got to cross all the T's and dot sure, all the I's and sure. make sure everything works good. So, yeah, so that, that uh, you know, basically that was just an epic, awesome trip. Um you know, found uh, that I had, you know, pretty good tolerance for spending, you know, weeks at a time at sea. Yep. Um, you know, but the payoff's the other end. You know, the payoff is, you know, you end up in these tropical places yeah, right. where there's, you know, potentially waves and, and clear, warm water and, you know, just everything that we uh, yeah. long for in far northern <laughs> Yeah, we dream about at night, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. And uh, so, you know, I uh, I made it as far as Tahiti and, um, you know, kind of we hit the uh, the Marquesas Island group and then we went down through the northern part of the Tuamotus, um, you know, saw you know, wrote, wrote some pretty good waves. Uh, some of the, some of the scariest looking ones I took a pass on just, yeah. I mean, you're so far from medical oh, down man. there that yeah. if you get hurt, that's it. uh, you know, and I, I took one tumble onto a reef and, uh, tore my foot up and it took, it took weeks for that thing to heal. And yeah, so, yeah. you know, I, I was pretty careful. Right. Um, Especially back then. I mean, there wasn't probably helicopters that you could call nope. in if something really bad happened. I mean, it was basically no. you guys getting back on your boat and trying to sail to the nearest spot where that you hope ex- there's yeah. some medical attention that could help you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's exactly Wild. right. I mean, they're, they're really, you, you were, you know, in a lot of locations, you'd be, you know, 10 days to two weeks from any medical. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, definitely no, uh, medevacs and, you know, not even, you know, now, like for example, there are, uh, jet strips in the sure. Tuamotus because yeah. of all the, you know, the international divers that want to go there. Yep. Um, yeah, I made it as far as, uh, Tahiti with my brother and, uh, you know, I spent a couple of months with him there on his boat and then they kept they they kept moving and i hung out for a while and um 
you know, found a, a family to live with uh, near kind of Venus Point, which is uh, not too far out of Papier Day. Okay. And Venus Point was really a fun, um, you know, kind of a short, sweet little, you know, just kind of little wound up barrel that broke oh, on man. hard reef. And, yeah. You know, and I'd never seen anything like that before. That yeah. was an eye opener. But, <laughs> uh, yeah, that definitely get got my attention and and uh but yeah i hung out in tahiti for uh i guess i was there a total of about four months and uh yeah it was uh but you know it got to the point where i was sort of running out of money and you know i didn't really have any resources to come back to so you know Basically, I was looking to get back to Hawaii, um, yeah, yeah, and then eventually back to North America, right? right. And uh, and you had kind of a sketchy, so, sketchy time doing that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a bit sketchy. There was, uh, you know, there were a lot of boats coming and going, but there was this one guy that I'd met, and I didn't know much about him. I I just knew that that he had some legal troubles in. Tahiti, and that uh, he was going to be heading north with his what looked like a pretty nice boat, um, you know, sometime toward the point when I needed to leave. So uh, anyway, I kind of signed on with him as crew on what looked like a pretty good boat. And, uh, you know, like I said, I didn't know a whole lot about this guy, but he seemed like a good guy and his girlfriend was... uh, you know, I mean, they, they seemed like nice people. So I basically yeah. signed up as crew and we, um, we took off, um, little did I know as I was sort of getting my gear on board and getting organized with this guy that he was, he was actually being, being deported. And that, <laughs> oh, uh, once we left, there was no coming back. Oh, and so, yeah, he had, a one-way he ticket. had showed up down there. <laughs> It was a one-way ticket. Yeah, <laughs> he had sh- he had sailed to Tahiti from Panama, and he'd you know, and he brought like twenty pounds of weed with him Uh-oh. when he showed up in Tahiti. Yeah, and they they ended up, uh, you know, after uh, you know a few weeks of every afternoon, there's like twenty little dinghies tied up right, around the stern right. of this they guy's boat. <laughs> this is like, like the gendarmes, like, well, what's going on out there? Well, finally, they yeah, they. Uh, they came around and figured out what was up and he ended up in jail and they impounded his boat and, you know, ran him through the court system and eventually kicked him out. And I was one of the people that got kicked out with him, I guess. Right, right. But uh, yeah, it was a, it was a, you know, it's typically like a three week trip from Tahiti to a whole day. Uh, this ended up being almost five because of oh, some wow. gear problems that we had yeah. uh, and some poor judgment on the part of the skipper. Um, you know, and we were, we were going north in, um, it was in March. We left early March. We left Tahiti in early March. And there was that particular year, there was a really late northern hemisphere winter. So, oh, geez. you know, there was just a huge, big swell, just this continuous big swell getting pumped out of the North Pacific. And, uh, Eventually, what happened was the skipper left some sails up too long that he should have dropped as soon as the weather started going bad, and yep. we just sh- here at the masthead oh, and just no. you know basically a uh, good part of the sailing gear was unusable. Yeah, and so you know it's like at that point in time, I think we were we were kind of jogging into you know 
literally it's like 20 to 30 foot open ocean big ground swells yeah and then at times there'd be like you know 30 to 50 knot winds on top of that oh jeez and yeah, and the, what was wrong with the boat was at the masthead, and so somebody was going to have to go up there. And <laughs> yeah, and the skipper was—I uh, think he was in his early fifties, maybe. You know, and at the time I was in my—I think I was right around thirty, yeah, maybe. Yeah. And you know, I was a fit thirty-year-old guy, and so I was the one that got got uh, drafted to go to the masthead and, and it took us i think it took us about a week of just you know we basically were just going sideways wow. and oh man uh because the the gear that would drill it really drive the boat into the wind was was broken and right. it was at the masthead right. yeah so so you're at the mercy of the current and the, and the waves basically and the wind pushing you some any which exactly. way exactly yeah wow yeah 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 exactly and so, you know, and at this point in time, you know, it's like there's just no there's no other solution no. than to go to the masthead. So right. finally weather weather came down a little bit and I made one the first attempt I made to go up um you know, I kind of as I'm going over the spreaders, I lost you know, I just I couldn't hang on. The boat was pitching so bad and oh. I ended up swinging out beyond the shrouds and came crashing back into the mast and oh man it, yeah no, it was like let me down i'm done i don't know where we're going maybe but this is not gonna work and yeah so back on deck and you know sat there for another i don't know a few more days maybe wow um you know just shitty weather i mean literally you these waves you'd hear these waves breaking i mean not top to bottom but yeah. just being these big wind-driven open ocean swells with the tops getting blown off of them you know finally that relented and you know had to make another trip to the top this time i had a little more safety gear you know so i'm at the top of a you know 55 60 foot mast swinging you know 40 degrees one way 40 degrees the other finally got the gear changed at the top uh got everything fixed up got back on deck raised some gear and um you know, we finally made it to Hawaii after, you know, five weeks. And oh, I man. think we were down to, yeah, there wasn't much left in that must the have galley felt good. as far as food. I think, <laughs> oh, I did. Yeah. We were, I, was, I was so sick of eating Campbell's beans and beans and Franks. So I think that's <laughs> all we had at the end of the trip. <laughs> 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 well, man, that's an epic story. Like just, you know, being out there at that time when you know there wasn't sat phones you didn't have gps it was like you said we there's one thing to do it's either just continue to drift wherever we're going to drift or get up there and try to make a fix and then make some headway yep. to where you want to go that's cool yeah 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 it was it was uh an, an interesting ride and kind of turned me off to sailboats for a while yeah for sure. i bet but, uh, you're ready for surfing but again. yeah <laughs> yeah no i'm i'm i, I like uh I like the whole process, but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. surf craft and paddlecraft and, and hanging out in my shop and, yep. and mentoring people that want to have a go at the process Cool. for me is really what it's all about at this point in time. That's awesome, yeah. man. It's really cool to share what the, like the knowledge you have and, and not just sharing it by, you said like being hands-on with folks, people can give you a call who are making boards, um, but also really taking time to create a kit that kind of reduces 
lowers the barrier of entry into handcrafting your own wooden thing. You know, I mean, that's, that's so neat. It does. I mean, it's one of those things that kind of turns me off about doing something like this is where would I start? Like, I I honestly would want a really good kit with somebody who I could talk to, talk me through it just to know that I wasn't screwing something up, you know? So that what you're doing is is so neat. So one final thing then, Randy, you know, so, you know, you're, you're still super active in the water, you're foiling, you know, it's just, you've done all the different surf craft there is, you know, so kind of what's next, man? What's, what are you looking forward to the next, you know, anything big coming your way, a trip or any other plans? Yeah. You know, I, uh, I'm just going to keep, you know, for me, this whole business of building these boards and using them is, you know, I'm, I'm committed to as long as I can do it. That's what I want to do. You know, I mean, I'm 72 years old right now. Uh, but I still, you know, I mean, I can still surf, you know, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm 20, you know, it's like that never goes away. Yeah. Yeah. it, It feels really good. You know, I, I, you know, the building part of it, I really enjoy, uh, but I really enjoy using the gear. Yeah. Cool. Uh, you know, one thing in terms of, um, you know, getting out and seeing what's going on in the bigger world is that my brother that I sailed down through the Pacific with, he never made it around the world and he settled in New Zealand. Oh, yeah. And so, yeah, so I go down there. I don't go down every year, but I go down. You know, I probably go down three out of five years and nice. spend a couple of months in the in the, what would be their fall. Right. Oh wow. You know, their, yeah, their fall weather is like our West Coast fall weather. You know, it just yep. everything settles down. They get a little kind of northeast swell coming out of the tropics that really does nice things for their northeast coast on the North Island. Wow. So you know, I, I probably my uh, my next move is going to be to. You know, Clearwood is going to hang around for a while. I've got a friend that he's he's going to run it after I'm done with it. Oh, nice. Um, yeah, but my I think this uh, probably in early March I'm going to end up um, down in New Zealand for a couple of months. And and uh, what I want to do is organize a camper van that I can just leave down there. Oh yeah. And then uh, leave it on my brother's place, and then just kind of show up and. And awesome. uh, spend a couple of months every fall down there while uh, I can still do this. So, that sounds yeah, like a it's, pretty darn good plan, man. I'll tell you. <laughs> yeah. Life can be really good. You know, you just got to have a good attitude and yeah. stay positive. Yeah. And, and, uh, 100%. Uh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, right on, sure. Randy. Well, I've really enjoyed chatting with you, man. And just all the, you know, all the stuff you've done through your life and what you're still doing today uh, and just perspective on it all has been really fun. So I really thank you for taking your time, man, and sharing with us. So thanks. Hey, it's really, really great to be on, uh, be on your podcast and, uh, you know, share the, the stories of wood boards and just generally life. Yeah. It's, it's, I really, really appreciate the opportunity to share with you. Awesome, man. Well, thanks again and good luck with everything. And, uh, send me some pictures when you, when you get your, uh, your rig set up down in uh, New Zealand and, uh, Hey, we'll do Yeah, (laughs) we'll do (laughs) for sure. All right. Cool. Thanks a lot, Randy. Okay. Take care, Josh. Bye-bye. Hey there. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast today. We really appreciate all the support. Uh, If you like what you heard, uh, please, you know, uh, hype us up on social media. Always appreciate, you know, spreading the word. Uh, Give us a nice little rating on the, uh, your podcast app and uh, just keep tuning in. If you're interested in being on the show and sharing some of your life stories, uh, hit me up, Josh at thisoceanlife.tv. You can PM me on Facebook or Instagram. Anyway, thanks again for being here and uh, have a great day.